Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique Duprima. This show is called First Things First. And my first thing today and every single day, giving thanks, giving praises, and asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders, and let's go. Happy Thursday. We got a lot to talk about, so this is the format. You get in where you fit in. Hour one, we look left. What's going on on the West Coast, this side of town? Hour two, we go national, international, and beyond. And in the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person of interest, a hot topic, that kind of thing. Today, we'll be talking with Dr. Jen Jackson. Her book, Black Women Taught Us, is uh, like a roadmap uh, for women's Black History Month, Black Women's History Month, something like that. Um, looking forward to that conversation and all she has to bring to the table. Right now, it is my pleasure and my honor to be joined by a colleague here on KBLA. He's part of This Is Not a Drill. Every Saturday morning, one of the uh, hosts of that, he um, is a... Um, a longtime campaign organizer, political operative, and founder of the Fannie Lou Hamer Institute. You may know him also as a lead organizer for Black Lives Matter Los Angeles. Known by one name, <laughs> good morning, Akili. <laughs> good morning, Dominique, and good morning to the KBLA family. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in. I feel like already feel like I'm so far behind on election season, you know, it's like, okay, I've got to get caught up on these propositions, these candidates. It seemed, March seemed really far away last month, <laughs> but um, the, I think the ballots uh, land in February, right? About, yeah, around February 6th, between the, the 4th and the 6th of February. So they, they should be landing in your mailbox. So that's, that's a couple weeks out. Um, is there anything that you're tracking in particular as far as these uh, ballot initiatives or issues, or is it too soon to tell? Because I really, you know, I said I was going to do it this week and didn't do it, got it. So I promise I'll do it this coming weekend. I've got to do a deep dive and really do the homework on what is on the ballot. I think locally, uh, what they call HLA, um, the, to raise money for transportation and raise much more money for that is something that's going to be um, uh, taking a look at. I think the district attorney's election uh, or, or, uh, is, is important uh, because Gascon has come in and done some things that had not been done in, in many years, primarily prosecuting uh, police in ways that have not been done you know, at all in most cases. So that's going to be interesting. I think the, on the statewide level, I mean, the, uh, the state, the U.S. Senate race with Barbara Lee and Adam Schiff and Katie Porter uh, and uh, uh, Steve Garvey it looked interesting. Uh, you know, the, the Republicans have put somebody out that, uh, that they think the, that has a chance. So that's going to be very interesting. And I think that, you know, Barbara Lee, for me anyway, has, is beginning to gain a lot more steam. Uh, she is, you know, campaigning up and down the state, uh, and I mean, she's she's at somewhat of a disadvantage in the fact that both Katie Porter and Adam Schiff have raised a lot more money. But in large part, that money comes from the corporate world, so um, so that ought to be an interesting race to watch. Yeah, I think um, I think all of those are pretty important. 
Um, I don't know. You know, I know Black Lives Matter LA, and I'm pretty sure that the um, Fannie Lou Hamer Institute do not directly endorse candidates, and I'm not sure. I know that you as an individual are free to do so. And so I'm particularly interested in your thoughts around the district attorney's race. We do have two of the candidates uh, coming Monday, uh, John McKinney and Jeff Shemarensky, who uh, seems to be, well, McKinney is black and uh, Shemarensky is to the left of, well, maybe not to the left, but definitely catering to the same progressive crowd as Gascon. So I would think those two would be um, formidable challengers. Well, they could be. I think the, the uh, for me, what I've heard is a lot of uh, talk about going back to Steve Cooley and Jackie right, Macy. Right, right. Uh, you know, so there's, there's that. Uh, and there's this belief, this constant belief, that if we just lock up more people, bigger <laughs> more, pe- more black people, that somehow or another things will change, that things will get better. But certainly they, they haven't. There's no evidence of that. And there's a lot of evidence that things get a lot worse for black people. So, <clears throat> you know, I think that, that, that those that, that are you know, advocating, you know, returning to those days certainly will not have my support. Uh, I think Gascon has, uh, he, he has done what he set out to do. Uh, he's begun to change the department. He's begun to try to change the culture in the department. Uh, he's done away with a lot of the unnecessary enhancements that have uh, that have you know contributed to mass incarceration in the state. And you know, I think has done a, a good job of at least stating what he wanted to do and then working to try to do it. Um, there are some people who are running who may be trying to be to his left. Um, but I haven't seen what their position, well, I haven't seen what their practical applications are yet. I've seen what Gascon's practical applications are. The fact that last Friday, a uh, LAUS, I mean, LA sheriff was actually <clears throat> found guilty yeah. Uh, yeah. In, the, in the murder of, 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 of Ryan Twyman. And it will be convicted and spend 30 days. Now, 30 days in jail doesn't sound like a month, you know, but that hadn't happened in over 22 years. Uh, and the fact that he would be decertified, that is, he won't be able to uh, be a part of law enforcement or carry a gun in this state or any state for that matter. Again, I mean, that's something that that almost never happens. And so, uh, you know, and that's because Gascon uh, saw the what happened with Ryan Twyman and thought it was uh, egregious and illegal and prosecuted the, the police and the, the sheriffs. Uh, that has that generally has not happened. And there are other other issues that he's done, and he's tried to focus on um, fact based uh, um, litigation, not you know just this, this kind of we got to lock them up and throw away the the, the key approach. And so. Uh, you know, that's going to be an interesting race to watch. Yeah. Um, Chiquita Twyman was on the show on Monday, the sister of Ryan Twyman, and she really broke down why, yeah, she wanted more than 30 days, but why they felt it was a victory, her and her family. Part of the reason being that, what you said, you know, the guy loses his certification, but also she pointed out he'll lose his pension, and um, that, you know, he he will um, 
be have two felonies, you know, so he'll leave uh, regardless of how much time he has two. Um, he's got two, you know, felonies. He's got two years of probation and he is decertified, not allowed to carry a weapon, not allowed to um, be law enforcement ever again. So, and especially getting stripped of the pension. Those are big deals. Yes, they are. Uh, yeah. And I dare say that that would not have happened uh, in the past administration. Steve Cooley or Jackie Lacey would not have done that. Um, I mean, all the evidence points is that they would not have done that. And so the fact that that happened, the fact that there have been a number of other, um, you know, uh, uh, efforts by the um, by the, 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 the district attorney right today, later on today, the, uh, the the killers of Christopher DeAndre Mitchell, who was killed in Torrance, uh, are going to trial. So, and that's happening today uh, in Superior Court uh, at nine o'clock down. You know, so at at, at one ten Temple Street, and many of us will be there to support the family of Christopher DeAndre Mitchell. But the fact that he's even going to court, the fact that that those police officers are on trial, would not have happened three years ago or five years ago. Yeah, great points. And I, and, and I think important points to make because I feel that many, well, maybe not many, there is a core group of black people that are definitely buying into the anti-crime uh, hysteria and really feeling like, you know, the smash and grabs and street racing represents a dangerous spike in crime that is the fault of our district attorney. That is the conservative line, the talking points. And I feel like some of us are buying into it. Well, because people are terrified of what happens with the street racing or they feel that the lawlessness represented by those smash and grabs is very problematic for our community. But this is not just happening here under this district attorney. It's happening in other cities as well. And I think it's Nobody wants to hear this, but it's overhyped because it's great footage. So news channels like to show it over and over and over and over and over. So we have to have a task force for it and everybody starts clutching their pearls. But does it really mean that your individual life is less safe or that um, or that the district attorney um, is somehow failing? Well, and because we live in what I call a hammer based society that you know that uh, because you know hammers look for nails, and we look for punishment uh, above all else. The first thing that we look at uh, when when there's a sensationalized high profile crime that looks like black people uh, and brown people are involved in the first are involved in the first thing we look to do is look at maximum punishment. Uh, you know, and so these are uh, sensationalized, high-profile acts. But overall, if you listen to the police reports, and the crime has been down, quite frankly, and uh, property crimes have, have, have stabilized. Uh, so these sensationalized that that makes some people, you know, like you said, clutch their pearls. But overall, uh, that's not the case. And I think this notion that somehow, if you try to apply a fair standard uh, for, uh, you know, for people in the community, that that's being soft on crime. 
Um, and that's a term that was used for decades. Yeah, it's the old three strikes uh, lingo. Yep. The old prop, yep. you know, uh, 187 lingo. You know what? We... Um, we are inviting you into the conversation, and uh, Achilles here with me, of course, Dominique DePrima, Miles Lowe in the other room, but just pretend you're at my kitchen table. Get you some water or a nice fresh juice or some sea moss, something wonderful to start your day, and uh, feel free to check in on YouTube, youtube.com, KBLA1580, or call 800-920-1580. You can hit me up on all the socials. I do monitor them during the show in case someone has a, an interesting, funny, or crazy comment. Um, we are at KBLA1580 on every platform, and you can find me at Deprima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A, and then radio. I think you're Achille5454, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, on IG, uh, and it's become Achille for the people. Uh, dot com uh, and yes, yeah. so it's 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 Achille fifty four fifty four is my uh, Instagram and Achille for the people dot com. Perfect time to call. Yes. It's KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. More first things first with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. Right now. So much going on. You mentioned the um, senator's race, Akili. I'm surprised I haven't heard more from Katie Porter. She's very popular. She's progressive. She's young. Uh, but I, I maybe it's where I read and where I g- get my news, but I haven't heard her making much noise, although I know she's got a pretty good campaign war chest. Even at the Martin Luther King Day Parade, um, Adam Schiff was there, uh, Senator, I mean, <laughs> Congresswoman Barbara Lee was there, but uh, I didn't see Katie Porter. And I just wonder, um, you know, if that means anything, I... I did see an interesting article in the LA Times about how, this is some time ago, a few weeks ago, about how positions on Palestine are going to end up playing a role in this race to some extent. Adam Schiff, very, very, very uh, pro-Netanyahu, very pro-Israel. And I was surprised, actually, to see how uh, little um, regard he seemed to have in uh, I heard a long interview with him on CNN regarding um, the actual civilian loss of life in Gaza. Um, of course, you know, um, Barbara Lee is famous for taking anti-war positions going all the way to back to Iraq. And I don't, you know, Katie Porter is somewhere in the middle. She's walking that line. Uh, so, you know, for, for some people, that could be a litmus test for who they vote for, right? Well, certainly for those of us who believe uh, in a ceasefire and a free Palestine, that would be uh, a, a certainly something that that, uh, that many of us would look at. And and I think in in, in Katie Porter's uh, thinking, I don't. There's no evidence that I've seen that she's had much understanding relationship or history with black people. Um, her, her district doesn't. There's very few black people in her district. Uh, Certainly, she's smart. She's intelligent. She's a she's become a personality, but I don't think she has a history, relationship, or even an understanding uh, of 
black people, the black community, and the black condition. Mm. Um, you know, and she and she typified. I mean, you know, and and just because there's no evidence of it, that's you know, that's that that's that's my thinking. I think Adam Schiff is much more political and knows that. Um, is much more strategic rather and knows that at least got to at least project like he has some history and understanding of uh, black people in the black Well, I mean, I I, I feel uh, like he's been on this radio station so many times. He's done Tavis's show about a million times. Yes. He's been on my show once. Um, and he did my show when I had the front page. So I do think there is a relationship there. A lot of people really applauded his work as an impeachment manager, right? When the first time they were taking down, um, he who shall not be named. And so I think he does have a valid relationship with the African-American community, but I imagine that the strong support of Netanyahu uh, and the disregard for civilian life that I heard in that CNN interview could undermine that. Yeah, and and he is parroting the um, the Israeli narrative that you know they're after terrorists uh, and that they have to take on Hamas and that kind of thing um, without and and somehow uh, with a broad brush painting everybody in in the Gaza uh, as as terrorists and so they have a right. Uh, and responsibility to completely annihilate everybody in the, um, you know, it's in Gaza. And so he is parroting that line. He is, you know, and that is, I think, certainly for me, uh, the, I, I hear that all the time. And I've had a deep respect for uh, Barbara Lee going back to the days when she was the only person that stood up against the, the Gulf War uh, and the and the fact that she was, Attacked and, and terrorized, uh, you know, for, for taking a principal stand, uh, you know, and she has done that throughout her her, her, her career in Congress, uh, and I think that she would do that certainly as the U.S. as the state senator, as the U.S. senator, uh, you know. So, I, and and I do want to say that I think Schiff is smart enough to know that the the the, the kind of symbolic things you need to do in terms of making, you know, projecting uh, relationships within the black community. I think he's smart enough to do that and has done that. There's not very many black folks in Glendale in his district. Uh, and, you know, a few years ago when there was an effort to issue an apology for Glendale being part of his district, a sundown town, he said nothing and did nothing. Mm. Uh, I mean, and it would have been, and it would have been very easy for him to do that. So, I think some of it, and I, and I want to draw a distinction between the symbolism uh, and the substance, uh, you know, in, in relationship to, to Adam Schiff. And, one, and for me, the substance is, uh, is, is not always there. And it's, in, in my mind, exemplified by any resistance, any willingness to consider a ceasefire. Yeah. I'm looking at this Politico poll, and it's, it's from uh, December, but still shift with a huge lead and interestingly to your point um garvey steve garvey jumping up yes. in this political poll mm-hmm. shift is at 28 percent. garvey's at 19 if that holds uh porter at 17 barbara lee at 14 which makes them statistically tied so if that holds it could be shift versus garvey we could have a republican and a democrat um on the ticket 
because they're going to, it looks like they're clearly going to go to a runoff. There's, you know, Denise Penn, Gary Pandol, Christina Pascucci, James Bradley, Eric Early, and some other people that are running who I've never heard of. So there's a bunch of people like slicing up that, um, that pie. And if we don't see a big surge for Barbara Lee, I mean, she's still within striking distance. Uh, she will not make the runoff. It could be Schiff versus Garvey. Um, Schiff versus Porter or Schiff versus Lee is how it looks. I mean, it looks right now. And um, I think, you know, those are interesting points. All the other thing, Katie Porter is the youngest one by far. And there are plenty of folks yeah. that feel like we need to get a young senator in because senators tend to, you know, they don't have term limits. They tend to tend to stay in there in, in order to keep the blue seat. Since Porter has already sacrificed a blue seat in Orange County, which is something we may not be able to recover. Um, some people think we should vote for her simply because she's younger. It was interesting. Um, one outlet noted um, that she said, uh, it was the Washington Free Beacon, that she says a black woman should replace Diane Feinstein, but she's running anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I see, yeah. Uh, and, and that's a contradictory statement. Right. Uh, if a black woman should replace Feinstein, then why are you running? Um, you know, and, you know, and so, I, I mean, she'd have done better not to say that, you know, yeah. it just, it does, it, it's just contradictory. Um, and if anything, uh, she should get behind Barbara Lee uh, if she believed that. But I think that that was just a statement on her part. I don't, I don't know if. The, if yeah, the, it was a response to a reporter's wrong. question yeah. is what it really yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got news, traffic, and sports right now, um, and there's and there are lots and lots of things to talk about. I love that you highlighted Christopher DeAndre uh, Mitchell being in court. Uh, well, th- his killers being in court today. Want to drill down a little bit more on that? And I also want to look at um, some new laws around cops and stops, and uh, hopefully decriminalizing lowriders. That's next on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Talking with uh, Akili, Black Lives Matter LA, Fannie Lou Hamer Institute, and what y'all may not know or remember is that Akili uh, has worked on many a campaign as an organizer from Barack Obama. Uh, going back, uh, all the way back to Jesse Jackson, I believe. Jesse Jackson. Yeah. Yes, Jesse Jackson. Jerry Brown, 1980. Wow, the first time. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my first presidential campaign. I worked six presidential campaigns all, all together, uh, and Jerry Brown was, was the first. Uh, and that was because Cesar Chavez asked me to do it, uh, and because Cesar supported uh, Jerry Brown. Uh, and so that was my first campaign. So, wow. So I've it's a lot of campaigns. done a lot of them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of things I want to try to see, see if we can squeeze in here, Akili, get your thoughts. Um, I was happy to hear about the, the, uh, this new law that um, no longer allows counties to outlaw cruising. Um, it was formally defined as, you know, you pass a, f- a certain spot too many times and it's cruising. Crenshaw actually has a no cruising signs yes. up, but apparently that is no longer allowed under state law. And the height restrictions that had been used on vehicles in order to um, make low riders illegal are no longer allowable 
either. So it seems like they have legalized lowriding. Well, I don't, I don't know about legalizing lowriding. What I do know <laughs> is that those, uh, those, uh, those uh, um, appearances have implied or suggested that somehow or another the people who are involved in that, uh, the next step over is that they are criminals. Uh, and so they've become, they were criminalized uh, for basically rec- recreational driving uh, and, di- and displaying their cars. And so that has been taken away now. And they are no longer criminalized. Uh, they're no longer, uh, uh, you know, law enforcement can't just harass them, in part because whenever you do that to a people, and it's mostly done to black and brown people, you wind up contributing to two things, the mass incarceration and hurt, harm, and damage, because those kind of things escalate, not de-escalate. And so the fact that that's that, that no longer criminalized, I think, is a good thing. You know what? I th- I feel like you're right, and of course they'll still be profiled. Of course, that's what police yeah. do. But at least it takes away some of the justification. Uh, another thing that seems related is that officers can't say, "Do you know what I stopped you for?" Which I can't even remember how many times I've been asked that by a cop who pulled me over, which elicits a confession, um, or you have to lie and say you don't know what they <laughs> pulled you over for. Now they actually um, have to tell you why they're pulling you you. over when they do so, which seems a lot more fair rather than, oh, you know, look, I have a right right to remain silent. But the first thing you're asking me for when you pull me over is a confession and um, or I or putting me in a position where I have to lie or I feel I have to lie. So I think that's a subtle but important improvement. It it is. And I think. Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, I just, uh, uh, last month or uh, two months ago, we did a uh, Know Your Rights uh, 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 s- session. Um, and one of the things that just kept coming out, and every time I've been a part of these, it's almost as if you don't have any real rights other than to be silent. Um, the laws are, are, are tilted toward law enforcement. Uh, and so, as as a resident, you simply your best bet is simply not to say anything. Um, and so these kinds of, of 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 policy positions that have been overturned, or, or new policy positions where you know instead of you telling the police why why they stopped you, I mean you're not a mind reader. You're not you know them telling you why they stopped you. <laughs> you're not a mind reader. Yeah, that's true. And but I mean whether or not they'll actually follow the law, who knows. And if a cop asks me, do you know why I pulled you over? I doubt I'll be going, you're not allowed to ask me that anymore. I'll probably, yeah. you know, <laughs> more, I might say, um, are, are you going to tell me why? No, tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, tell me. are you going to tell me why? Let's go to DeWalt. I don't know why you stopped me. <laughs> you stopped me because I'm beautiful and powerful. You stopped me because you just wanted to gaze on my beautiful face. Let's go to Dwight calling us <laughs> from the city good, of Compton. Good morning, Dominique, and you do have a beautiful face. Uh, thank you. I'd like to thank you for all the things you're doing and Say good morning to all the KBLA family out there and all the hardworking postal workers out there. And uh, Jumbo, Jumbo to everyone. Uh, I just wanted to agree with you, Dominique. Uh, we, we, we have to continue to be. And thank you for all the information you give us, too. We have to uh, just stay informed. Like you say, just keep uh, reading, listening, watching, and uh, 
get your information from reliable sources because uh, I just found out that now they're trying to give the Supreme Court uh, uh, a uh, a uh, <clears throat> something to rule on that's called the Chevron Act that would allow judges to say what pollution uh, you could you could do to the air, to the food, to the uh, to the uh, water, and instead of leaving it in the hands of the EPA, because uh, they they come up with some uh, act supposed to be for fishermen or something, something that sounds you know like it doesn't mean that much. But the Koch brothers are, well, I think it's only one of them alive now. I think it's David Koch mm. who's alive right now mm-hmm. behind it, and it's called Chevron, kind of like Chevron Gas. That's how I remember the name of it. And uh, they're trying to pass that to, through the Supreme Court now as if the Supreme Court doesn't have enough on their plate right now to deal with. And they're trying to squeeze this through, and they try to do it in a quiet, undercover uh, manner where we don't really see the real reason why a lot of these things are being uh, passed. And I find a lot of times it's almost like we buying the robes for the Ku Klux Klan because, uh, uh, like we do with, with Murdoch, we watch Fox, and I'm guilty of that too. I watch the football games and... I can't deny that, you know, and we uh, buy uh, Coke Brother products, which is Georgia Pacific. So when you go to the store, look on the label if you can. And sometimes they have the best sales on this stuff, like Bronnie paper towels or something, you know. Uh, look on the label that says Georgia Pacific and try not to buy it if you can. Because I found out the post office, when I worked at the post office, we were buying Georgia Pacific for our paper towels in our restrooms and our toilets. I said, oh, no. The post office is buying big quantities of items, and we're buying Georgia Pacific. Right, so from the I very people who want to dismantle the post office, yeah, privatize I, I, it I, I, or I, I, annihilate it. Uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I couldn't even understand why we sold George Trump the old post office in Washington, D.C. I said, but you know what? They tried to get rid of the truck drivers a while back, so it's people in high places that try to do things from the inside, like we had this attack on our Capitol on January 6th. There were uh, senators and Congress people, I'm sure, involved with that, that the uh, DOJ still hasn't actually gone after. Yeah, well, but, we uh, know Thomas, some of them we saw. Yeah. Thank you, um, Dwight. So, yeah. Um, Akila, you want to respond to any of the things that Dwight said? I'm not quite sure who well, George I, Trump is, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think there is um, the, the Supreme Court doesn't doesn't pass legislation. What they do is rule on legislation. Right. And one of the things that they're going to be ruling on is the rights and responsibility and authority of the uh, Environmental Protection Agency and, and almost all agencies to create um, leg- uh, regulations that. Um, hold uh, uh, industry accountable and the rest. There's to do their a, jobs, a, a in other per- words, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. There's, there's been a 30-year effort on the part of, um, and probably longer, uh, on the part of a, of a lot of regulated industries to try to undermine uh, any agency that regulates them. Uh, if they can't get rid of them, which is what they want to do, then they want to try to undermine them. So the, the, the Supreme Court will be uh, looking at uh, particularly the EPA, um, and does the EPA have the right to? And it's also extending that to um, the FDA, 
Uh, does the FD, the, the Federal Drug Administration, the, the Food and Drug Administration, rather, uh, the, do those agencies uh, have the right responsibility and authority to write regulations that uh, can hold corporations accountable? And I think the, because of the, uh, the, the, um, the, the right-reaning Supreme Court, and Gorsuch has pretty much said that, that he is, uh, you know, going to be uh, all in, yeah. Supporting this, I mean, know, but the it, problem you know, with so it is, it, then you have federal judges deciding whether a drug is safe, and they're not doctors, they're not scientists, they're judges. Um, so federal judges will decide what level of emissions and such are safe for human yeah. consumption. The reason for these agencies is, agencies is so that we could have expertise and somebody protecting the public um you know so law if it's lawsuits for with uh, lawyers for corporations convincing judges who are neither doctors nor scientists what's safe for human beings that's a sad day uh i was surprised that Omi, amy uh coney barrett um showed some skepticism but only because she said it might bring uh, a wave of litigation not because she's concerned about protecting the yeah. public you know and elena kagan you know really made the point of like what i just said which is then you're making forcing judges to make decisions in areas for which they have no expertise and you can see it happening in the efforts around uh, against pro choice yeah. Um, judges in Texas are making decisions about the health conditions of women uh, and whether a woman can and should have the right to choose what she does with her body uh, and with the health of her body. Uh, and so there has been an effort, uh, and you know, I think the uh, the, the last president, uh, at least if he didn't do anything, and he didn't, uh, he at least for the right wing. Uh, appointed the judges that they wanted, and so they have this conservative majority, and they have uh, gone about uh, undermining almost all of the gains of the past 50 years uh, across a whole range of public policy. Uh, you know, and this is just one more. Talking with Akili, when we come forward, I do want to uh, follow up on uh, Christopher DeAndre. Uh, when we come forward, want to make sure folks are understanding what. What is going on? It's an historic moment. KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come forward, includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. Power. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. You do belong here, and I'm so glad you are here. Akili is with me on the air. Um, you can find him at AkiliforCalifornia.com. Is it CA or the whole? No, Akili for the people. Sorry, AkiliforThePeople.com. Yeah. Or uh, Akili 5454 on Instagram. I'm there at Deprima Radio. We are there at KBLA 1580, and they have got it going on in the chat. If you want to jump in, it's uh, YouTube. KBLA 1580. Please like, follow, subscribe, hit the like button if you would. I would so appreciate it. Okay, so let's talk about Christopher DeAndre Mitchell. Many people may not realize that the city of Torrance here on the west coast of these United States is, was a sundown town. Uh, the Torrance Police Department has that reputation for terrorizing black people in particular, also Latine folks. 
And in a rare moment of accountability, uh, a couple officers are on trial for the murder of Christopher DeAndre Mitchell. Take it away, Akili. Well, and that would not have happened uh, had there not been a Black Lives Matter and a Black Lives Matter grassroots. Um, you know, and here was a young man who had done nothing wrong. Um, you know, he was, he was in his car. The police followed him into the, a parking lot. And within 15 seconds, they shot him. Um, there was no, you know, they said he had a, a rifle, but if you look, a, a gun rather, but if you look at the, um, at the video, he was, com- he was responding and complying with them or trying to comply with them and they shot him. Well, they, those officers have been uh, on trial now for the murder of Christopher DeAndre Mitchell. Uh, and, but the reason that happened is because Black Lives Matters every Tuesday went to Torrance and challenged them and, and, and challenged the city council meetings on Tuesdays. Yeah. City council meetings on, 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 on Tuesdays. Uh, and challenged them much the same way we do the uh, LA uh, police commission. And so, uh, those, those challenges, those confrontations, um, led to a, a whole series of, um, of, uh, um, of, of outcomes. And one of them was, uh, you know, that the DA went back and looked at the video and looked at the evidence, uh, and saw that, uh, that there was enough evidence there to, to, to bring the police to at least to bring an indictment against the police. And so they're on trial now. Um, you know, the, the, the city of Torrance settled one of the largest settlements with uh, the mother of Christopher DeAndre Mitchell. They've had a number of uh, the, the officers uh, be disciplined and some fired for anti-Semitic uh, emails uh, and texts back and forth. Uh, so the Torrance police, uh, like many of the small city police, uh, have had some serious problems. But this is one case where at least there is some effort at transparency and accountability, but it would not have happened had there not been a Black Lives Matter LA and a Black Lives Matter grassroots. Yeah, um, it's always, you know, it's always back to the slogan, when we fight, we win. And uh, one yeah. thing about Black Lives Matter, especially BLMLAs, is is... You all are relentless. Week in, week out. Week in, week out. Um, ask LAPD Chief Michael Moore. Ask LAPD Chief, uh, you know, Charlie Beck. Beck. Ask Beck. Uh, former L.A. District Attorney Jackie Lacey. Um, and, you know, ask the Torrance Police Department. Uh, y'all just do not give up. Well, but that's how change is made. And I want to give a shout out to Sheila Bates, who has been the lead organizer uh, in Torrance on this issue. But, but I mean, one of the things I'm most proud of about uh, Black Lives Matter and the Black Lives Matter movement uh, and the grassroots is that we are regular and consistent. We do more than, you know, just call a press conference or have a rally. Um, you know, we, are, we have been uh, protesting uh, police violence and the, um, um, the police associations for 153 weeks, every Wednesday, uh, you know, at, uh, at 1313 West A Street, um, you know, just like we did uh, for three and a half years going after Jackie Lacey. Um, because that's how change is made. Change isn't made while it's necessary to have these, um, 
uh, one-time kind of events. Change is made when you're regular, when you're consistent. Uh, if it's only just you and, 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 and some other folks showing up. But we've been very, you know, been very fortunate to build a solid base of support, a solid base of participation, uh, and it allows us to mobilize people and, and to direct that mo- the, the energy of people toward accountability. Yep, that's well said. Um, Akili, so folks are invited to show up today at 9 o'clock in, in court at uh, 110 Temple Street downtown. Is that is yes. that the deal in support Ab- of the Ab- family of Christopher DeAndre Mitchell? Absolutely. Uh, Department 9, uh, you know, so go go upstairs, join us. Uh, it's one of, it's once again, it's, it, this is historic. Most of the police, most of the time these police are not uh, indicted and certainly not prosecuted. And so this is an historic effort, uh, and we want to continue to, to, to hold police accountable and demand transparency. Okay, just a couple minutes left. I understand that you, like me, will be attending the homegoing services for the late Bobby Jean Anderson. Bobby and Anderson. Yeah, if you yes. could just say Bobby. a little bit about her and, and why you feel moved to go uh, and celebrate her life today. Very quickly, she was my neighbor, first of all. No. Um, but, but, yeah, but, but, but Bobby Jean, I think, exempted, and, and she's one of the first people that the Fannie Lou Hamer uh, Institute recognized during our Black History Month, but she, because she represented uh, a person uh, very much in the, in the fashion of Mrs. Fannie Lou Hamer. She was like your aunt. She was like your grandmother. Mm-hmm. She was always there. She was active. Um, you could count on Bobby. She was dependable. Uh, and I think that, that you know, particularly within the Democratic Party, but also within social justice issues, uh, and she will, her presence will be sorely missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, was one of, she, she, she was one of those kind of black women that exemplifies the struggle, uh, the black liberation struggle, but also the struggle of women uh, and their contributions. Yeah, she's the kind of black woman that's constantly saving the Democratic Party. Uh, It's today, the viewing is at 9, the service is at 10 at Greater Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church, 5300 Denker Avenue in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, um, Maxine, Congresswoman Maxine Waters will be an officiant there, uh, will be the officiant there. And, of course, Pastor Denon Porter um, and they're going to stream it live on the Greater Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church Church. Facebook page if you want to um, if you want to just say a final farewell to the fabulous the inimitable the very kind and uh, very activist uh, Bobby Jean Anderson a great American I'll say yeah yes all right well Uh, Akili thank you so much for being with us tell us one more time how to follow you you got things going on yes you can follow me at uh, Akili A-K-I-L-I the number four thepeople.com uh, on all my socials, uh, Facebook, uh, IG, X, uh, and Thread. Uh, you, you can go to that and follow me. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you later on today to recognize and remember a great person. Uh, Keely, thank you so much.